Good day, everyone. I hope you guys all had a great weekend and a great week. Uh, there's been no shortage of events happen. Uh, in the biggest news, though, I got to play hockey. <laughs> I uh, I got to play hockey and, w- I mean, kick the shit out of me. Uh, first time in like nine months, it felt weird, but so nice to get back to normal. We've got a week left of masks for most places. Uh, so, we're winning. Thank the trucker. But, uh, that's about the end of the fun stuff. We're, we're gonna dive right into Russia, global events, and all the shitstorm that's happening. So, uh, without further ado, let's, uh, get into it. It's another Armchair episode, so thanks again for joining me. Happy to be here again. I, uh, it's been a while. We've been trying to get this one together for a bit. Yeah, yeah, a couple couple cancellations. Yeah, but uh, life happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what's new? Oh, uh, man. Jeez. Uh, I mean, locally, here in, here in Ontario, things are, as you were saying, things are starting to ease up on the restrictions. I think we got another week of masks. For the most of us, yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. Some, some places will keep them, and, you know, just like some places are keeping passports and mandates and you know there's gonna be uh, i think we still got to keep fighting oh it's, uh, yeah it's, it's not the time to get cocky no no that and you know it's it's they've they've taken us you know 90 yards down the field and we've brought them back 50 there's still there's still more to go oh yeah and and then to protect this from ever happening that's right because we we still don't know what the fall holds well, one of the things that I'm hoping when it comes to the fall and like a possible surge again is that people like the general public, not just, you know, every people who've been against it from the start will not have the stomach for it. You know, a- after not having to wear masks all summer, people are going to be less willing to comply come the fall like i mean i don't know if you saw bc's health minister or whatever she is uh bonnie henry yeah she was saying something like you know be prepared well, for the fall because she was she was really reluctant to let go of mass and and vaccine passes and she's a bit of a vindictive vindictive witch i i don't want to like use too too flavorful of adjective but yeah yeah she's uh a lot of her policy does seem to be out of spite anymore rather than out of common sense especially and not just her but i mean the the mask and vaccine well they just applied proponent. it to all healthcare private industry so like massage and uh physical therapy a step that nowhere else in canada has done right before they lift the passports they've mandated that all all professional healthcare of any kind has to submit passports the right workers, before, yeah. Wow. Even if you're like a private clinic, like yeah. say you're you're like a podiatrist where you you work with feet, and you own your own clinic, it doesn't matter your personal views or your clients' views. Because again, if if free market will sort it out at the end of the day. Yeah. If somebody wants their feet worked on and they want to make sure it's done at a passport facility, they'll go to a passport facility. Yeah. But you're they're now mandating everyone. Well, and this is like some of that vindictive vindictiveness. Um, I actually haven't seen this is sort of inside knowledge. I'm, it might be public knowledge now, but uh, a buddy of mine, his wife works at Air Canada, and they just sent out an email a couple days ago saying that any 
workers. I mean, they already had a mandate, but I think it was like, um, you know, there were uh, exemptions and there yeah. were testing exemptions and all that. Come May 1st, no exemptions at all. Anybody who's not vaccinated, Air Canada workers are fired. That's insane, especially like and as they're, we they're doing scale it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, and it, it, I do think it's vindictive. And, and you see it in individuals, like just in public. Um, they're the people who want everybody to be forced to wear a mask are freaking out that they're not going to be able to force people to wear masks anymore. Yeah, well, I, I literally experienced this on the weekend. I went, I went grocery shopping, as always, no mask. Yeah. And like we were saying before we started recording, I have, for a year and a half, I think I've had two negative encounters, both of which were super easy to deal with, just walk away. I went grocery shopping Saturday, and I kid you not, first off, great news, there was like 25 people without masks. It felt normal, like mostly really normal. That's really cool. But then, like... All of the crazy maskers, again, I don't care if you choose to, just don't be an asshole to everyone around you. I've, I had like probably five or 10 people accost me or say something under their breath. Oh, another one. Or, or why don't you just put your mask on? Yeah. And I'm just like, why are you getting so bold? And like, as I think about it, I'm like, it's because everything they know is falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, their sense of control and you know, their moral authority is no longer going well, to be... It, it's like their their two-year-long group identity has just been pulled out from underneath them. Yeah. I mean, that uh, that's... It's two things. One, it's awesome that there were so many people not wearing masks. Uh, that's, that's cool. And it sucks also that people are being that way, that they're being, like, rude. But I had um, kind of the opposite experience recently at Home Depot, opposite in both ways. I mean, I, I was going to Home Depot a couple times over this last week to get some home project stuff done. And everybody's still wearing masks, except for me. But I found everybody was super polite. Like, oh, yeah. really polite. I, I was there with my daughter, and like they were like stopping us to talk to, to my daughter and everything. And I didn't really notice any side glances. Like, again, I try to ignore that stuff anyway. But but everybody was great. So, I mean, maybe it was just the day. Maybe it was whatever. But Home Depot's a little more DI, a little different-minded person than your typical grocery store. Probably, yeah. yeah. You're, you're not going to get a whole lot of radical lefties fixing their porches. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, no, they're calling somebody, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, the one actually, I, I, as I was shopping, I, there was one problem that I haven't had in a year and a half that I'm starting to have now. And it's like forever, as long as I bump into somebody without a mask, it's like, we're friends. So like, we'll be extra head polite, nod we'll then, head yeah. nod, we'll smile, we'll even talk. Yeah. But now it's like, it's so like not uncommon that I'm now like, as I'm being like super friendly to, they're like, well, stop like, like <laughs> yeah leave me alone right, right. Yeah. and it's like i'm i have You're to like up. now adjust to the fact that it's not weird yeah so like even i'm getting a little back to normal in that sense yeah well like i say maybe maybe i just you know i haven't been out in too many stores other than that home depot time but most people are still wearing masks like i didn't see anybody at home depot who wasn't wearing a mask uh the grocery store when i've gone in a couple times I don't know. I think everybody's still wearing masks where I yeah, am anyway. Yeah, maybe maybe because of where you are in London there, but uh, yeah. I don't know. 
it, it feels good. And I, I think in a week, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic of how it all f- slowly drips away. I think there's probably 10% that'll just never go. Yeah. And I think there's probably another 20% that'll try and carry it out until they feel like they're... The in, odd ducks. Right. Because yeah. this is their whole identity is, yeah. I will go with, with whatever the, the group, group is. Think, yeah, for sure. Which is like fine as long as it works in our favor, I suppose. Well, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to be rude to anybody who continues to wear a mask. Do what you want to do. That's great. I mean, well, it's not great, actually. This is my point. Even though I won't be rude... Uh, it's a it's a damn shame that this is going to be a fixture of our society going forward now, and I think there's no stopping that. No. I um, worry about seasonality. Well, this is one thing I've really worried about, too. You know, we talked about uh, people not having the stomach for, for it coming back, but, you know, uh, I think uh, I got a running bet with somebody who was a buddy of mine. Who, he was actually saying that come... April 2023, we will still be wearing masks. Now, it was... You might lose that bet. Well, this is the thing. Well, I said no. He said yes. And I do think that the only way I'm going to lose now, if it becomes like a seasonal thing, where like November 1st to maybe April is the mask season. And, you know, that would just be awful. I'm not playing that game. I, no, I'll put that and, and this is the thing: is like just, I'm. We're already not complying with the masks where we can, but you know, hopefully other people also just don't don't go for it. I gotta say, uh, like again, I went back to hockey. Um, it was great. A couple of buddies were really pushing, like, come on out. There was a couple of us came out that haven't been for like almost a year now, uh, and it was weird because it's like, it's like. Even before they put the passports in, like, I wasn't wearing a mask from the door to the dressing room. Right. Because it's like, I'm not, come on. This is silly. Yeah. So I'm still not. And I, like, I'm not going to lie, I worried a little bit because I'm already looking like the odd one out. Mind you, there's a couple that aren't. But I'm like, I don't really want to rock the boat more than I have to. Like, I already am, like, one of three people who haven't been playing because I can't. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not wearing a mask from the door to the dressing room. And, like, for the most part, nobody did. Like, it, it was great. Most people are... And a few guys were like, why the fuck are we doing it now? Like, sorry, I guess this is going to be an explicit episode. Why are people <laughs> uh, Why are people doing it now when, like, next week it's okay? Like, what, what changes in a week? Yeah. But I tell you what, like, one of our players, I'm not going to name names, he's definitely not a listener of this show because we don't get along, but it's like, he wore his mask until he put his helmet on. And it's like, I get it, you do you, and I will stand by that. I'm, I'm a... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I am do like... Do what you want to do. But at the same time, it's like... It's sad. It is sad, especially for a young guy. I mean, I'm a, obviously yeah. he's a young guy. Yeah, mid, young to mid. Yeah. So that's, that's just awful. And again, you got to kind of wonder, is he actually afraid? Or is it more his identity? And, and that whole... I'm doing this to prove a point. And, and whether and I don't know if he realizes the difference. Right. You know what I mean? Who knows? But I don't know this guy, but No, it's uh and I mean, yeah, and we've talked I've talked last episode actually about how my parents everything they get is right out of the news. Yeah. And this will be a good segue into the Russia stuff, but like literally I remember last summer my parents that like broke down crying, if you're not gonna get the vaccine, I don't know if I can ever hug you again. Wild. 
And yeah. and then literally as soon as CBC and CNN drop the COVID narrative, they come over and it's not even a question. I just get hugged. And it's like as soon as you're told, well, you know, thank goodness for that, right? You know, but but it's like as soon as you're told not to care. I don't give a shit what you, what your conclusions are, but think for yourself. Like you can get things wrong. I get things wrong, but it's like do the work yourself and don't just regurgitate what you're told. Right. Because we've been shown time and time again, what you're being told isn't true. On that note, I definitely got to highlight the fact that CBC has now officially retracted two two articles. Two articles. One primarily, the huge one was the the concept that it was foreign money funding the trucker protest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just nonsense, and and you, I don't know where you go. I I think it's poisoned the media completely. Well, I mean, it's it's every it's every narrative with the media. Um, they, and and you can really see it in the last two years. Of course, COVID's been the ongoing and go to narrative, and I don't think it's completely run out of steam. No, I worry. Like when you say has masks in the fall if people have the appetite i think the appetite's not there now but yeah. if, they, if they ramp the fear up absolutely like if there's a new, a new variant, variant yeah of course, i think yeah. i think the fear could absolutely over overpower it, that it could it could but i mean just going back to the narrative of you know it was there was obviously covid and there was still trump orange man bad and then it was black lives matter uh, with the George Floyd stuff, and then it was all the election. It's still COVID, obviously. It's still Trump, orange man bad. But um, and then it went back to COVID, and then now it's it's switching over to Ukraine, and it's it's crazy to see the public opinion change. And, and you know, I know you can only trust these polls so far, but they're indicative of something well even if you look at the polls and it's like the polls are biased but when even biased polls start shifting <laughs> exactly that like a, a shift is going to be seen even in a biased poll and seeing these people like calling for no fly zones like there were literally protests in california in la yesterday calling for a no fly zone in ukraine like thousands of people out there and it's like do you realize you're calling for a nuclear war right well and like on that topic like i think that really is indicative of everything we've dealt with is people will take and again it it's a marxist tactic to kind of foil over a pretty problematic policy with a good feeling or good sounding it's a euphemism topic. yeah it's a euphemism where it's like sure. no fly zone that sounds right like we yeah. shouldn't be flying over ukraine because they're bombing if we have a no fly zone it'll just stop them from flying no it means you're actively shooting down people you're shooting down russian planes you're shooting down all of their anti-aircraft weapons which include a lot of like tank vehicles so it, it's you know they the no fly zone at least the first time i became aware of the term and the use was for Libya. Yeah. I I was in Libya for the part of the war and you know, I saw what it took and it was a full-on NATO controlled airspace. Uh indiscriminate bombing, you know, I'm not saying they were just leveling cities. They weren't. But there was they they could bomb anywhere they wanted. They were taking out like any 
major buildup of Libyan military, Gaddafi Libyan military, mm-hmm. um, any of their like uh, armored armored units. So it, it it's a full on conflict. Yeah, with no, Russia. Like, I that mean, you're talking it's about. it's the cheap way of trying to avoid declaring national war. Yeah, where it, it, you're just and on that topic, it, it like. Everyone, I stand with Ukraine, all this stuff. And it's like, I don't, I've had to re-record episodes because sometimes I sound a little too curt when it comes to Ukraine. Mm. Uh, I certainly feel for what's going on. I, I definitely have s- extreme sympathies for the innocent people stuck in the middle. Yeah, that, that's the And that applies thing. to both sides. And I, I won't apologize for thinking of innocent Ukrainian or innocent Russians in this as well. Because both sides are trapped in the middle. Yeah, I mean, less so with the Russians. Um, I mean, there's ethnic Russians in Ukraine, but I mean, if you're just talking about national Russians, there's less, like, direct wartime conflict other than the soldiers. But these sanctions, oh, like, the, like the credit card stuff, the all these businesses pulling out—that's jobs. That's well, and that's not hurt. It is hurting uh, the Russian government and Putin. But it's hurting... Not in the level they wanted to. No. Uh, It's it's hurting the people. You've shut down both, and this isn't just... And sanctions do that all the time. Right. Sanctions, historically, have been horrible. And and could arguably be a huge component in why we ended up in World War II. If they they did not push the Treaty of Versailles like they did, and Mm. bleed them dry, and... Again, I'm not saying it did, but... It was certainly a contributing factor in the motive that pushed it, but well, by bleeding it, them it, and if, forcing it, them. If if not even on like, there, there's some debate as to whether like how bad were the uh, war costs and all that stuff. It's not so much about the actual numbers and the actual amount of territory that was sacrificed because you know wars had done similar things in the past. What it was though was the humiliation of the German people. Right. It just antagonized them, and it became this sore spot that was able to be played upon but by the Nazis. Which is why, again, going back to Russia, after the Cold War, they, they explicitly did not do that. They didn't embarrass them. They allowed an amicable dissolution of conflict. And again, and perhaps... The problem they had was, again, when when USSR collapsed, they didn't sign any treaties. It was all verbal agreements that NATO would not encircle them. Nothing was signed. Yeah. yeah. And and nothing's been respected since. Yeah. But, no, I, I certainly feel for Ukraine and I, the innocent people. But, absolutely. that That's what it comes down to. Right. But what's coming... And you, the problem is we're so in fog of war where propaganda on both sides is so disgusting. And you really can't make heads or tails. Well, yeah, I mean, this is why, like, we kind of discussed, we don't really want to get into what's happening on the ground, because it's hard to say. Listen, like, just a high level, ultimately, this is Russia's war to lose. They are by far the more powerful military. They have more manpower. They have more... Uh, Air Force power, naval power, armored power—you name it. They've got, they've got it all. Um, I'm not saying that the Ukrainians aren't putting up a good fight. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's as good as some of our media is portraying it. 
I don't know if the Russians are doing as badly as our media tries to portray it. But, again, ultimately, it's really hard to say. I right. Mean, and I, I, we also don't know if, if Russia's even bringing the full force to bear. I, I would certainly well, cer- say cer- not. Certainly not their entire military. Um, but are they bringing as much force as they are willing to expend in Ukraine? I don't know. And, and also, I mean, it's it depends on what are their actual goals. Well, Are their goals to literally conquer every inch of Ukraine? Probably not. Well, I don't know you if you've know. heard, but, but last week, and I, it really hurt me to see... Man, I sound like a liberal there. It, it, hurt, it hurt me. It, it hurt me right here. No, it really, it really sucked to see what I considered reasonable compromises offered by by Russia to ceasefire and, and scale back. So the measures they asked for was signed neutrality of Ukraine. Yeah. They want they want yeah. a treaty of neutrality that they will not join NATO. Uh, they want Donetsk to be in. in appreciated or recognized as an individual state, not Russian, but an individual state. They want Crimea to be officially recognized, which again, that's settled in my mind. That's done. This isn't about Crimea and that, and no nuclear weapons. That was it. So recognize two states that already are independent. Don't do NATO and don't do nukes. I don't see in those list of requests, any reason that there should have been a hangup. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know the full details of it. I know that the talks are getting stalled, and, and you know, I've the only thing I would say is that I don't assume good faith on either belligerent party here. No. You know what I mean? So, like, the Russians could easily just be, like, talking away just to, like, distract you while we keep continuing Given our war, the- which, you know is effectively what they're still doing. Yeah. So given the way it's played out though, I kind of think Russia is kind of looking for an exit. I don't think they wanted I think it was harder than they thought it would be. Maybe. And I don't and know. now they're trying there's a little bit of face saving having going on. We're coming up on 3 weeks like I mean Baghdad fell to the American forces on day 23 in 2003. Yeah. Um and that was the US versus Iraq. Yeah. Which is a even more stacked deck. Well, look at than, look at even Kabul, where it was what, three days before the Taliban took that over again well, with American yeah, yeah, yeah. equipment. Well, and yeah, that that was a bit of a different thing because over the Afghan war, like the Americans basically built, they never controlled large swaths of land. Well, not never. They did early on, but for the last ten years at least, they had not controlled large swaths of Afghanistan. They had controlled. Central centers, hubs. Central yeah. hubs, like cities. And the Afghans would, you know, you go 30 kilometers outside of the city, you're in Taliban country or some other warlord country, depending on the area. Um, and, you know, so it was pretty easy to, when, once that Amer- those American forces were out for them to roll in, Again, I, I just don't know exactly what's happening on the ground in Ukraine, but ultimately, like, if Russia really wants to, they're going to win this war. Oh, yeah. As long as as long as long it doesn't turn into a global effort. And even then, the response time would be drastic. If it turned into a global... Like, I yeah, don't see you this know, being we, the we can't, we can't 
it, it's 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 unfathomable, even though it, it is a risk. Well, I don't see it happening. I don't see this being it. I see a move from China being it. Maybe. But I, um, I had somebody explain to me and frame it that this could be the Ferdinand moment. So, I don't know. May, maybe again. Right. I just, I, I'm stuck right. on this. I, I, I hate to say maybe because, like, so Ferdinand, Franz Ferdinand was killed June 28th in 1914. Um... It took like a few, a while for Austria to formulate its ultimatum after Germany basically gave it what was called the blank check, saying like, you know, do what you want, we've got your back. Um, And it was, I think they, the response to the ultimatum, I can't remember exactly when it was issued, but the response was expected back July 28th. Um... And, you know, so that was a month later. And then the the official war between the major belligerents started August 1st. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you don't realize that... The ripple effect. Yeah, that it's already happened. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at the, the people in power, at least in this conflict, and I don't... I don't see Russia seeking that out, but it, it really gives me the vibe that Zelensky is doing everything he can to create a nuclear holocaust. Oh, well, like I he, mean, he whether he sees it that way war. or not, I mean, you know, him continually calling for the no-fly zone and all that stuff, like, okay, you, you know, you, you want your side to win, it's his country, I get it, but... Well, at some level... They, uh, honestly... Like, I'm even Biden tweeted it out the other day. And obviously, I think, or not Biden tweeted it out. His team tweeted it out. And, and even though, you know, I'm no lover of Biden, I actually had to agree with the tweet, which was basically, you know, this is whatever, like, Russia's the aggressor and can't be accepted. But at the same time, we're not going to war in Ukraine. Yeah. We're not going to do it because that's World War Three. No, but they'll, they'll proxy it forever. And the, actually, that's a. The proxy is a horrible thing because it's like you're you're standing up this little guy against the big guy just to continue to get pummeled, and you know I'm sort of framing it as in like almost boxing. But what you're really doing is you're allowing more and more civilians right to be sacrificed longer and longer. Well, that's where you and you're driving the big guy to desperation, so he's going to start doing more and more drastic things. Well, that's what you. I look at Ukraine and and. Don't get me wrong. I again, I I support. Like, if it was here, I'd be fighting tooth and nail. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't back down. But from a leadership perspective, you do have to kind of look at. Okay, like dragging this out has a, a cost of life. Yeah. And again, he's been presented with. Again, we don't know the the backhand motives, but he's been presented with what publicly appears to be close to status quo, minus like, hey, just don't join NATO. Um, but other than that, like your region has already split off by themselves. Uh, yeah. Crimea is already gone. So it's like, now it almost comes, okay, you're doing this for pride. Well, and this is where I think, again, I just don't assume the good faith on the part of the Russian demands there, because, um, I think that that's a way that they can, you have to understand they're doing their own brainsmanship and stuff like that. So I think Russia's. Russia's got some, like, I, I watched this breakdown from a couple weeks ago. It was pretty interesting. There were t- a couple things I didn't actually even know about. So, Crimea, 
got all of its fresh water, or like 85% of its fresh water, from this canal that had been dug during the Soviet era from the Naper River, DN, whatever. Yeah. Naper River, um, which was near Kursov, which has fallen now to the Russians. Yeah. And in 2014, the Ukrainians basically dammed up that canal. They filled it with concrete. Yeah. So Crimea is running on no fresh water. So one of the objectives for the Russians, and I, I'm assuming they've already done this, is to break up that that, that dam. dam. Yeah. And so there's that. There's oil reserves uh, or natural gas reserves, both in the Black Sea, in Ukraine, potentially. I think they've been like sort of prospected, which probably well, that and, Russia wants access and to. And Nordstrom 1 is at the, the will of Ukraine. Yeah, it runs right through Ukraine. Right. Yeah, exactly. And Nordstrom 2 just got shut down. Again, I'm not going to play... Like, I'm not just, picking yeah. teams here. Like, that is a motive for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, that, that's all I'm saying is that, like, you could sign a piece of paper... Ukraine could sign a piece of paper saying we're not going to join NATO. Actually, I think that that's at least maybe not signed, but been vocalized even even by Zelensky going, okay, well, no, I guess we're not going to do that. Well, well, after conflict happened, yeah, yeah, pre-conflict, he was he was definitely really flirty for, for sure. I mean, he has applied for and EU I, EU membership, which is they shut that down. Near, they shut that down that hard because the EU is like we're not about to go to global war again. And right. then like so, I, the Zelensky and NATO thing, even after conflict started, he was still pushing it. It wasn't until the NATO said we're not doing no fly, he fell completely out of love with them. So he, yeah. he felt alienated from NATO, which is like, what do you expect? I he know. Ha- this is what you get from a comedian being a president. Yeah. He yeah. has no nuance or understanding of, of geopolitical relations. And, you know, the last, I saw something like the last war games, like simulated war games that were done with, between the US and Russia resulted in like a hundred million dead in the first three hours. And then it was like close to a billion we're dead before the end of it. So, like, this is just... It's not a game we can play, unfortunately. Now, sanctions... Well... Sure. Proxy war stuff, I think we're getting dangerously I close. think I think we're all... Sanctions, of, of, in my assessment, are effectively economic warfare. It is. It absolutely and is. And it, it has a disproportionate... Of, it would be no different than carpet bombing a, a town, in my, in my perspective. Because... By sanctioning, like, for example, Canada specifically. So, McCain, Fries, they have shut down the plans to build a plant in Russia. Fine, that's reasonable. Yeah, it's not yeah. a running plant, you're not cost... Okay, makes sense, we're going to hold off development. Yeah. Now, they have, they have ceased all transactions and shipments. They will not send Russia food. Right. So, it's like, do you think... Putin cares if he gets his McCain fries? Or do you think feeding the people of Russia may have actually some good benefit? Like, what what help does it do to to Ukraine to literally starve out the citizens of Russia? Yeah, and I mean, I, so as far as the actual on the ground, like, caloric intake, I... I I don't know how much any of this will affect that. It will have some no, effect. No, but, but sure. it's sweeping. Like, ladies, no, and, 
Oh, oh, oh no, I, I know. No, I'm not just saying McCain's. I, I know yeah, you're yeah. Not, like, but just in general, like McDonald, all these play, all these things are pulling out. All these companies. Um, I don't know what they can do domestically to make up for that. It'll have to be something. Um, and it is hard to it's hard to parse what the Russian people are thinking. I mean, it, it seems like from some polls, and I get polls just like here but maybe even more so there are not very trustworthy um but it seems like he's actually gathered more support since the war has started like the russian people do not see this by and large anyway do not see this as a russian aggressive war they see this as like they were their hand was forced i i I, yeah you're dead right i'm just struggling with i can see it myself I can't necessarily decide if it it justifies where they're at. Oh no, I I definitely see I see that argument for sure. I think I arguably agree. No, like basically uh, yeah. I agree with that argument. Um because it's on so many different fronts. And uh, there's not been just NATO, so many not warnings. Just NATO. Oh, he Putin said it out loud. December for, he spelled it out as clear as it could possibly have been. He's been spelling it out for almost ten years. And like this guy is not like Biden. His threats are not veiled. No. He's like Trump, where you you get what you you say you're gonna get. So like yeah, but he's I, also a bit of a wild card. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I think there's also like as far as all of these companies like the McDonald's and Disney and all that stuff pulling out. It's. I've heard, I've read some articles basically pointing to the fact that at least for a sizable portion of the Russian population, namely the older population, which is a huge chunk of their population, like they, their demographics are even more shifted than, than ours as far as the elderly, they see that as a good thing. They think it's great that these Western um, influencing companies are pulling out of their country because they go great we don't want your influence right we well, want I s- you gone i saw that meme where it's like it took two years of pandemic and not once did we get rid of shit food garbage media no. all of this it took russia two weeks and it was all gone yeah no they're not gonna have Pornhub or mcdonald's and all these things <laughs> it's like they're gonna be the most uh and like a cnn and it's gone and all yeah. that stuff and it's like they're gonna be the most well-adjusted fit and and well-informed people on the planet (laughs) and no i mean the other alternative though is that i mean that's a little bit hyperbolic but the other other alternative is is we're turning a country of 150 million people with 6,000 nukes into a new north korea is that something we really want to do right and like not not even to like not even to have to take it to that scale, but it's like, yeah, McDonald's, all these Starbucks, all these companies are pulling out. But it's like that's still fed families. It's like cool. You're not giving money. You're not generating money for the government of which they get a cut of. Yeah. But it's like now you've you've now forced people into unemployment, and it's like you're the ultimate hope. And this is the only way I can even try to square that circle is the ultimate hope is to make the people pissed off enough that to is, revolt against the government. That seems to be the which goal. Is, it's like, so we, we did this for COVID. We, we made the people just as uncomfortable as they could till they complied. So you're doing the same thing in Russia for a different purpose. So, like, I'm just so tired of the human manipulation because it comes with a cost. And, like, people are being 
hurt on both sides of this yeah. in the middle. Uh, you're good to go. Absolutely. I mean, it's whether it's the direct conflict, which obviously is costing civilian lives, or the sanctions, which is costing people's livelihoods, their well-being, all of it. I mean, for me, I'm not really picking a side. Um, I'm, I sympathize with the Russian motivations. I sympathize with the Ukrainian people. But ultimately, probably more with the Ukrainian people in that I just want this to end quickly. And whichever way it goes, I hope it ends soon. And for it to do that, you know, you can't, we can't just continually prop this war up. Right. And again, I, I pride myself on a conservative libertarian platform. Foreign, foreign intervention isn't even in my wheelhouse. It's not something I ever float outside of, like, literally the Holocaust. This is why I'm passionate about China, because they're literally operating concentration camps. That is, like, the one line I'm like, yeah, when there's, like, gross human atrocities, then you have to get involved. Right. Outside of that, like, land disturbances, whatever, like, it's not our business. Well, the last time we talked about this, it was, like, I think a day or two before the invasion actually started. I didn't think it was going to happen. No, I know, and, and, and I... I think I was kind of like lukewarm. I thought, you know, it's it's definitely possible. I don't know when, but um but the one thing I was saying is ultimately I don't care and the way in which I meant that is still true. Obviously I care about the human suffering. I care about all of that, but what do I think Canada's interests are in stopping the Russians from going into Ukraine? Very, very, very little. And, and I don't want us or the U.S. I mean, Europe, do what you want. If, if Germany want, and France and even England, if they want to do something about this, have at it. But it's not our fight. No. No, and the, I don't even think... And there's lots of other atrocities going on around the planet that we don't talk about all no. the time and that we don't even consider... Um, and and we don't sanction the crap out of China. We don't. You don't see Nike or McDonald's pulling out of China. No, no, or it, Disney. Right, <laughs> they're right. they're thanking them. Right, and Disney, like they'll they'll edit their they're appeasing them. Yeah, they'll, they'll edit their posters and remove the black people from the posters. Shrink be- them right down, right? Because anyway, yeah. it'll it'll make it more palatable in in China. Yeah. So you know all of this moral grandstanding. I don't have any time for it. Um, it's silly, and and it's all being fed by this media narrative, and it's like, oh, you know, the, the he's bombing, the Russians are bombing orphanages, and then they're bombing maternity wards, and then like next thing you know, he's going to be bombing puppies, right? And you know, like, you, come on, listen. Of course, there are civilians being killed, and that's awful, but when you hear. I'm not, and there are incidents that are worse, but like for a lot of it, it was like Kharkiv over a couple of weeks. It was like 15 civilians or whatever had been killed in a, in a couple nights of bombing or something. I know it's more than that total, but it's like, so they're not leveling city blocks. 
No. And I'm not making light of the 15. That's each, this tragedy. The, no, no civilian should die, but this is war. Uh, the Americans kill civilians all the time, well, so whether it's with, through drones, it's like 90%. They did, oops, oops, we bombed an entire wedding. Sorry. Well, I mean, the last one, one of the last big ones, I mean, there's more, there's been more since, because it happens all the time, but there was the, you know, the Afghan pullout, and the 13 American soldiers were killed by the suicide bomber or something, along with a bunch of civilians, and the Biden administration said, okay, we're going to, we launched this strike against the architect of this attack, and then, like, there were some media reports, oh, it sounds like it was a family he killed 10 people, seven of whom were children. And it was like, no, 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 no. That's all, like, you know, fake news, fake news. And then a couple days later, quietly, oh, no, that was 100% true. Yeah. And, and so, again, I'm not making light at the civilians who are being killed in Ukraine. I want this war to end as soon as possible. But the media, holy hell. Like, Well, I just saw today uh, the latest bombing. U- Ukrainian, it was a NATO base. In Poland or off the coast of Poland, off the edge of Poland? It, it was like 10 kilometers yeah. from the Polish... It was a NATO-used base, okay. and it was an allied training camp. They were they were mobilizing troops. But again, like not to make light. There was 35 killed in that attack and 114 injured. Okay. Not to make light of that. that again, yeah. all death is tragic, especially when you're doing it at the behest of authoritarian regimes. Both of these governments suck. Yeah. I don't care. Ukraine yeah. is not like literally they 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 assassinated one of the negotiators on the Ukrainian team. His own team. They they sh- killed him and said he was uh poisoned by Russians and Right, right, right. But like so no, you you take example they they struck a military institution that was mobilizing against them. Yeah. In terms of of active war, that is a valid target. It is tragic. But it wasn't a hospital, it wasn't a school, so as of now, I believe that's the highest casualty target taken. In a single incident. In a single, in this whole time. Yeah. And it's like, it was a clear and and valid target, and unfortunate. Of course, and it, I mean, you look at 2003, shock and awe, in, in Iraq, you're launching hundreds of cruise missiles. Yeah, just in, blanket in, bombs. Right, like... And again, targeted. They're not just like taking out apartment blocks for the sake of it, but certainly a huge percentage of the people being killed are just innocent civilians caught. Right. And so, like, well, oh, the, the Obama had the, the famous problem with that. We're like, the, the, the level of accepted casualties is just disgusting. Uh, on the drone war in general, yeah. it's like ninety percent. And how many ninety percent are innocent civilians? And how many times does your information have to be inaccurate to and justify atrocities? And then you wonder why you you feed generation after generation of Western hate in these nations. Yeah. It's like I'm not condoning. Like obviously, September 11th needed an answer. Yes, but that course, answer yeah. wasn't Iraq. It wasn't Iran. Truthfully, it was likely Pakistan. But we didn't touch that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, we won't get too far off topic. <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I that that should be a discussion. We should do like a more historical take on that. Um, Nine eleven was an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a time where maybe I thought so, but no. <laughs> what, what you saw is basically what happened. 
I'm not we saying will, that, we will do this. This will be fun. I'm not saying there wasn't weird shit, but what happened happened. I think. Will this? We've just scheduled our our next sit down. Sounds good. Um, no, I mean the the war. It's it, just it's, hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. The other thing I think I, th- I kind of touched on this. I think we're getting really close with the proxy war stuff getting out of control and I do rolling think- the dice with nuclear war in that, you know, Blinken, Secretary of State or whatever yep. for the Biden administration came out like last week, not even a full week ago, saying, oh yeah, no, we've given, NATO's giving the green light to Poland to provide the jets. The jets. And we're going to backfill the Polish uh, supply. And, and then, then it's Poland like, maybe just then, do it again. And then it was like, well, no, no, we're not. Like the next day, it's like, no, 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 we didn't say that. And it's like you, you said exactly that. And then now they're kind of back and forth. And like a week before that, like the European Union was saying that maybe they were okay with Poland and Slovakia providing uh, jets to Ukraine. But it's like, who's going to fly these jets? Are the Ukrainian pilots going to be prepared to fly? the Polish jets, because even if they're the same model, say they're MiG-29s, yeah. they're, they're going to be updated with new avionics systems and all these things. So, like, are you talking about Polish pilots? Right. And where are they taking off from? Because most of the airstrips in Ukraine are, if not destroyed completely, compromised. So are they flying from Poland or Slovakia to make these engagements with the Russians because that's no longer that, proxy. That sounds like a direct war with Russia. Yeah. And I think that's why everyone's flirting with it, but not doing it yet. And all, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I don't get why we continue to flirt with it. And also, I mean, even if you're Russia and it's like, we're just, it was a big, now it was a fake story, but it was a big fake story in the lead up to the 2020 election of Oh, Putin was putting bounties on American soldiers in Afghanistan. It was all fake to make Trump look bad, right? But but that was supposedly such a huge, terrible thing. But the Russians are just supposed to accept that we're openly selling javelins and all these other mili- ammo and all these other equipments explicitly with the aims of killing as many Russian soldiers as possible. Yeah. And I get, like, you know, even in other wars, whether it's Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever, there is some of that back deal stuff going on all the time, whether the Russians are doing that type of thing or allowing arms dealers to do it. But so openly and, and like, brazenly, why are they just supposed to accept it? We would never accept if Russia was just like, oh, yeah, here's... Like, uh, Saddam, here's some Blackhawks, here's some Javelins, here's, do all this stuff and take out as many Americans as you can. Right. Well, We, we did kind of with Iran. Iran yeah. was doing that, but it's like, there's a difference between Iran doing that and Russia or China both doing that, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, and on the topic of, like, getting into, like, how Russia's been kind of double-teamed in, in the lead-up to all this, is you've got the Democratic Party, which for probably six or seven years has made it a a fundamental policy to use Russia as a political tool yeah. in their domestic campaigning. Yeah. Um, and largely you haven't heard much from Russia on it. They kind of just took it. But it's like, okay, now that your your party is in power 
and you are supposed to try and do diplomacy with this country that you've literally tried to like smear and abuse and and use for your advantage yeah for for almost a decade it's like how how do you how do you do diplomacy and what you've done too with that is you've got all of these establishment democrats who have now become these like war hawks and you've still got those old republicans who were always war hawks yeah so like both sides are looking like idiots on this whole thing there's a there's few, not enough adults in the room standouts but by and large you know he biden's getting attacked from both his own party and from the Republicans on not doing enough. Now, again, I'm no fan of Biden, but I think him and his administration have to deal with the reality on the ground, which is we can't do much more. Right. Uh, we're not willing to do much more. In fact, more. They've, they, at least with the oil sanctions, I think they've already done too much. Because that's, that's causing pain at home even. Well, what a and now, now what they're a flirting with though, doing like, Iranian oil. Oh, Iranian! <laughs> they've gone to the Iranians, the Sau- like they've always. They won't been even the take Saudis. the calls. Yeah, yeah, the, or, yeah. The Saudis, the U- UAE, they had all these special things. They're even going to Venezuela. They're right. going to what's his name, uh, Maduro. Right. And it's like on their knees. Right. When just two years ago, they're facilitating. They're calling Juan Guaido in Venezuela the actual president of Venezuela, and all this stuff. And it's like you know employing sanctions against them or, you know, whether the Iranians and they want to, now they have to go to, for all well, these deals. The thing that drove me nuts, as soon as I heard them talking about getting Iranian oil, it's like, okay, so this shows you just how stupid you think the average person is because, and the, the, the saddest part is they're not wrong. The average person has it's, no contextual understanding of what the difference between Russia and Iran is. Both authoritarian regimes, both commit political atrocities and literal atrocities. However, yeah. Iran's explicit geopolitical goal is the decimation of the states. Like they are they are active combatant enemies of the states. Yeah. Whereas Russia not actively threatening the states. No. So you would rather virtue signal that you stand with Ukraine by not allowing energy export from Russia, which again, only a percentage of that would even be available to the government. Like they are not funding this war by American oil exports. That is not uh, it yeah. is not going to solve your problem. But okay, fine, you want a virtue signal, you you move away from Russian oil. Now we're flirting. And the the most ironic and funny part is okay, now you're willing to compromise your morals and and buy from a terrible regime, and regime that that explicitly hates you. But now they're like fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just so you've compromised it all, and you still don't get anywhere. Well, yeah, and I mean, all throughout all of this, it's like, you know, can Canada's <laughs> got to be sitting up here, just like, what the hell, guys? Well, we, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, Keystone's done. A uh, bunch of other ones were canceled. <laughs> what was it, Energy East, and and it's just like, what are we, what are we even doing here? Like, uh, you know, we're all so hell-bent on pretending like we're going to go green. This is this has killed the green movement. This has set them back 50 years. Between COVID it, and I this... Mean, 10. Yeah. 10. Between COVID and this... Yeah. Even Elon Musk is saying, hey, you've got to ramp up production because you can't not. Yeah. And Canada, like, we should be refining. I don't know. Boggles my mind we don't refine. We should be energy independent. We should be, so should the U.S., actually. Yeah. They uh, were. A part, yeah, they were under Trump. 
Um, and I mean, it wouldn't hurt them to make a deal with Canada anyway. Now, you know, and it's fracking. Fracking has been the thing that's changed it for them. It's it's meant that they can uh, access all of these disparate reserves, uh, natural gas and oil reserves that they wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been economically viable for them to get to before. And yeah, but now, like you know, you wind that down, yet still import from all of these foreign despots. Like I mean, Saudi Arabia uh, on Thursday. Like ex or Wednesday or Friday, maybe. Oh yeah, executed like eighty-one people. The at more, once. the largest daily execution ever. Yeah, eighty-one people at once. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, we'll buy oil from them, and we have been forever. Like the fact that Saudi Arabia is one of our key allies in the region, like, you know, short of North Korea, and even then, I'm, I'm not splitting too many hairs there. No. They're one of the worst countries on the planet. But it's it's wild to see, again, not to make it American politics, but it, it, unfortunately it really does circle around it. It's like, it's crazy to see the, the, the belligerent popping off when you have somebody in power you, you know is feckless. He's useless. Versus, okay, like, and, and this is where it's funny, because like, you've got Bill Maher and even Trevor Noah going off where they're like, you know what, like, it hurts me to say, but it's like, this wouldn't happen under Trump, because, yeah, maybe he tweets a mean tweet, or maybe he just bombs my cities. Yeah. Like, there is a certain power in being unpredictable. Well, I mean, uh, you can see it right now with the Iranians, uh, they, they launched, uh, missile attacks at the American embassy in Erbil, which is in northern Iraq, and... So far, there's been zero response. This is while the American government is on its knees to the Iranian government saying, hey, we need your oil. Yeah. I think, and and I forget where I heard this last week, but I think we've, we've for a while now, with COVID especially, we've seen the rise of China as a power and the decline as America as a power. I think... This isn't something I actually saw coming. I saw there being conflict with China and America because I think it's inevitable. I still think it's inevitable. Yeah. But now I think you've seen another sleeping giant in the wait being like, okay, well, now is the time where we actually stand a chance to have like a, a not even a duopoly, but, but with three, there's now, there's now no standout power. And as you see with, with American diplomacy, not even force, diplomacy, they are alienated. Yeah. Their, their, their ally list and resource availability is dwindling by the day. Yeah. And by choosing to not be diplomatic with Russia, we are just pushing them into the, quote-unquote, the enemy's hands by forcing them to have an ally. Now they're like great partners with Especially China. Especially the financial stuff. Yeah. Right? Like when, when you get Visa, Visa and MasterCard cutting off all Russians, all Russian transactions, all that stuff. What you're doing is you're forcing the Russians into the hands of the Chinese financial system. Right. Which and for them it's it's not a bad move. It oh, it's 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 good move and like I mean arguably I'm I'm kind of okay with that because you know as far as I the way I see it, I'm okay with a more isolationist states. 
I, I want them to pull home. They can be self-sufficient. We are not going to see foreign armies landing on our shores um, anytime soon. Uh, that being America's shores. And really, the longer that they try to project their power as the global policeman, the the harder it's going to be for them. They can they can be more isolated. They they're not at risk, like I say, of being invaded. Um, let China control its sphere. Let Russia and Europe figure it out. Um, the what like America's basically got the Americas, North and South America, controlled and isolated. Yep. I mean, we're gonna have to play with Brazil and others as in Mexico as they continue up. And I, I really think looking at like South America, like a lot of those countries have, have made a lot of progress in the last ten years. Of course they have in yeah. democracy and just westernization really. Development for sure. So uh, they are and they will continue to I mean South America is just one of those places like I mean you look at the last two hundred years they're just always kind of in the background. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some, like, interesting sidebar stuff going on, but, like, you know, they they could turn into a dynamic place. Like, Brazil is, like, a young and, like, thriving yeah. population. Huge fan of Chile. <laughs> I am. I would, I would actually like to go to Chile. Okay. <laughs> I thought about escaping Canada to Chile. Really? I've been looking at... Uh, Job opportunities and how is it the housing market in Florida recently? Yeah, see, I uh, the, <laughs> I don't know, the states is different. I I mean, I think I think it might be a bit of a fool's errand to think that it's the safety. I don't think they're as safe as they think they are. I mean, just look at who's in power currently. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. Uh, I'm looking more to like again. You look at like Chile, and it's like remote, right? And well, also like they're a very like, not to, like, prescribe right versus left, but, like, they are a lot more conservative-minded people down there. Socially, for sure, but they actually, just for the first time in a long time, elected a, quote-unquote, socialist government. Oh, did they? I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah, it just happened, like, a couple months ago. Um, the days of Pinochet. That's done. literally <laughs> the only reason I love that place. And it makes me sound like a terrible person, but it's like... He's got a bad rap, but... Helicopter rides for everyone. It could have been a lot worse, yeah. No, I... Uh, I, I could see it. Pinochet. Um, like I say, he's got a bad rap, maybe... Oh, there's no doubt he was, he was a monster. He was evil. But, like, the question is, was Controlled it necessary evil. evil? Controlled evil, yeah. And for him to do what he did and then eventually give it up, that's that's where I kind of drive... It's not many times it happens. No. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's warm. You can do, like... There's warm parts. I could, I could take my long, motorcycle through the, through the mountains. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I just don't speak Spanish, and I would never blend in. Now, the real question, like, I've been... Maybe Argentina. If you, if you had to, like, hey, this is the global landscape we're dealing with right now... Russian or Chinese? Which would you learn first? Well, <laughs> say you're like, not escaping. <laughs> had had to, like, okay. So ultimately, I think the balls in China's court compared to the Russians. The Russians are they they've this is part of the reason why they need to do this now is because they got to shoot their shot soon. Sort of the Chinese in some sense with their demographics, but um. 
but China's China's going to be a much more powerful force over the next couple centuries than Russia individually. But where would I feel more at home? Certainly Russia comparatively our culture that like I you know I basically come from a Nordic Western European ancestry Edmonton. which is not exactly Slavic no but like and like ge- just literally geographically like you spent a bunch of time in fairly North Alberta where it's yeah. it's not really hospitable so Russia is not too foreign I could I could deal with Russia right for sure but no like I just I, I do like they're, uh, they seem to have a different spirit. And it's, it's a spirit I wish we had. Yeah. Not even, like, you don't even have to take politics into it. Like, the, the Russian experience and, and the way the average Russian operates, they're just a different human. Well, I, I, so, and I don't pretend to know too much, but I mean, they're a hard people. They're batshit crazy. <laughs> my, I have my, a couple. I have a couple my, Russian friends. Yeah, my anecdotal experience with Russians is kind of that, for sure. Um, as far as you know, they they've they've dealt with a lot of crap. They've got crazy climate. They drink like crazy, and they're kind of used to being cast as the global bad guy. Yeah, the Bond villain. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't. I don't see Russia Ukraine. I don't see it continuing past April. I think we're definitely got more weeks ahead. But I, I as, as we look into May, I, I think it's going to either have massively escalated or it's going to have solved itself out. We'll see. Um, again, hard to predict, but. But yeah, I mean, I I couldn't see this going on for years. That's for sure. No, I I think it, it's, it's it's very it's quickly approaching its end. And again, I I don't. My, my sense of it is that Russia's strategic goals are not to conquer all of Ukraine and then have a counterinsurgency that will continue for decades. I think they've got some regional aspirations along the borders in the east and in the south, and. Ultimately, probably want to do a regime change in that the Zelensky government, like they might want to pu- set up a puppet government well, in Kiev. I don't think you're necessarily wrong, but I, the way again, this is my bias. Again, I know my bias. I think what you see with their potentially their aspirations for regime swap. I don't think, at least from my bias perspective, that they consciously want a regime swap in their favor. I think from what I've understood, the perspective of Zelensky, and it doesn't seem to be largely in dispute, is that he himself was a regime swap for a Western push. Because there's there's yeah. a lot of fishy stuff around their election. Yeah, well, I remember the last time we did talk about this before it all kicked off was... Um I had kind of gotten things a little bit wrong. I thought it was Poroshenko, but it was... So Yanukovych was the leader who was ousted in the 2014... The pro-Russian. He was pro-Russian. Right. And he was ousted uh, in 2014 during those protests, which some would argue was like a Western-backed coup. Um, Certainly led to the conflict. Right. The internal civil war. And he was replaced by Poroshenko. Poroshenko was president until 2018, I think, or 2019, 
when Zelensky got in. Zelensky got in off of his uh, movie career, his show. Right? Did you? Did I ever tell you the whole thing about that? Where like he starred in a show called The Servant of the People, which was basically a regular guy. He was like a history teacher, high school history teacher. Went viral for like some rant that he had that his student filmed, and ended up launching a presidential campaign and was elected president of Ukraine. And then the real life actor decided he would launch a presidential campaign. I think he even named. I his think it was party yeah the same the same as in the movie. Uh, yeah, it was a TV show, but yeah, and then got elected, which. You know, regardless of any of the um, the guy as a person or whatever, that's, well, I, that's pretty funny. I, I did see, too, a bunch of his appointees are, are industry people. It's not, like, he didn't surround oh, yeah. himself. Like, I think his screenwriter is, like, the deputy prime, the deputy president or whatever. Amazing. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's like, that, again, I don't mean ill to any of them, but, like, they're surrounded by, like, inept people. It's silly. So, like, it's silliness they're woefully yeah. prepared to deal with what they're dealing with. And yeah, I think you see that when he's screaming out to basically create nuclear war. Yeah, yeah, and you know I can I can certainly respect the fact that he's remaining on the ground. And well, I know it's probably more for show, but like he's there. I don't think he is. Like, you don't think he's in the country? No, I think he's. So we'll talk about. I'll show you the video breakdown after, but like. Um, I don't know if you saw the one where he did the walkthrough. He's like walking through. He's like, I'm here. Like, I'm not scared. Uh, there was some really fishy stuff about that. I think. I know there's been some pictures being shown around. There's that a were lot. Like back from like right, December yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of propaganda and I, I full out don't believe most of what I'm seeing. Okay. No, fair Again, enough. I'm but just don't saying get me that wrong. I'm not he even could a sp- have totally fled the country, which right. I don't think he's done. No, I don't think he's fled the country. I think he's definitely in hiding and I, it's probably responsible. Um, yeah. Also, like, from your in conflict, I, I'm not going to fault the guy for, like, you want to keep morale up, so you're going to keep oh, the yeah, messaging yeah, yeah. up. Now, I do worry, like, their propaganda is getting really dangerous. He's getting, like, super close to, like, dear leader level of, like, love me, I'm doing all this for my <laughs> yeah. country. Yeah. Like, we again, I'm not saying the guy's bad, but he's behaving in some personality ways that other bad people have. I wonder, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, no, that's how... He, he's very, very dear leader-y. And, and how he addresses NATO, like, even that's been... Like, some of the some of the stuff he's said to the world people, it's been... The guy's said some questionable things, and it's like, you need to take your ego out of this because it's killing people. Well, you know what? Definitely... You know, I, I, I don't support either... They all regime. suck. It's the middle yeah. people I feel for. Exactly. It's And, and that's see, the thing that... I don't that, know if you saw the one clip but it was like, uh, this was really early on, first o- couple days, but it was like uh, some Russian fighter jet. Like oh, maybe, Ace Combat 3 may- or something. Like it was like right out of a video game. Feet. No, 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 no. Sorry, I'm talking. To, I'm just talking about a quick oh. video. It was real. Yeah, not yeah. not yeah, the yeah. fake stuff, but it was real. It was like some Russian fighter jet probably flying like 80 feet above the ground through like a suburban area and fires that missile that flies right through somebody's backyard. Yeah. Whole and like, you know, the kid starts crying in the house and you know, they I think he wasn't aiming for a house. I bet he was taking out like a tank or something yeah. like that. But like you just when you hear that kid crying, 
man, you just can't help but feel for the people. Well, I know. I think that's it was, terrible. I think it was you that got me on the because again, we don't know. We can't. There's there's so much information coming out. We can't actually fact check it in real time. And there's so much bullshit coming out. Like I remember seeing the tank that rolled over the car on the highway. Yeah, it was a Ukrainian. It, it turns tank. out that was a Ukrainian tank. Yeah. And it's thankfully the guy in the car survived. I, I saw that. Okay. Um, and I think that the story was, um, I don't again, I don't know if it's true, but the story was similar to like the IED bombings where they they thought the car was running to a military target and it was going to explode. Oh, okay. Or at least that's how it was being played off. Okay. But I remember when that came out and they immediately said this is this is a Russian, Russian tank yeah. attacking civilians. Yeah. Or like I saw today where they're disarming bombs that didn't land. But then, then they they put a cloth over the identification markers, right? So that you couldn't tell what country it came from. So it's like or again, maybe, and maybe it just got placed there. Exactly, yeah. but it's like again, I'm not saying it did. It's just you don't know. There's yeah. just so much. It's like the ghost of Kiev stuff, right? There's just so Snake much Island bullshit back and oh, Snake yeah. Island was bad. To get, I don't understand how that didn't get more. Like you got caught with your pants down on that one. I mean, there's been some of it, but like nobody's. The the media will run with the headline and scream it from the rooftops, and then the correction is just right. You know, if if at all, because I, I think a lot of places never corrected the snake no. snake island stuff. There have been people who've reported it, but like it's very quiet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw one because again, I try to take down as much back and forth on both sides. Um, I forget what military advisor from the states, but they literally broke it down, and they're like, no, like if you're looking at this like straight tactically matter of fact not putting bias not putting propaganda they're like honestly russia has been the most reserved of any hot conflict in modern history certainly more reserved than the americans were in iraq i think you could maybe argue that the israelis are a little bit more reserved in some of their campaigns i know a lot of people will roll their eyes at that and thinking like oh no they just continually bomb innocent Oh yeah, uh, Palestinians. Yeah. But no, like they, they really, despite the fact that they're one of the most active aggressors in the world, maybe arguably, uh, understandably so, but they are. They also go really far out of their way to make sure. Well, that yeah, they do like texting and phone call campaigns. They drop leaflets yeah. in an area saying, "Hey, if you're yeah. here by six o'clock." Yeah. You better not be. There's, there's literally military equipment in your courtyard. Yeah. You need to leave because we have to take it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, for sure. But, like, it's not what people would think. Like The it, Russians are being more surgical than... Than it's being put on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, again, they don't necessarily deserve credit because people are getting hurt. But, I mean, it could be way worse. And they are showing way more reservation than America would. Yes, I think so. It, it, anyway, it's you can't make heads or tails. No, but like I say, I I hope that whichever way it goes, it ends quickly. Um, I hope the egos can get put aside, and I I mean that genuinely for both sides. I hope that Russia can take the 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 unexpected loss, really, because like anything short of quick and done was a loss in Russia's perspective. Uh, they they could literally walk out of it with with signed treaties, and that's still a loss for them because like it shouldn't it shouldn't have taken them eighteen plus days, nineteen plus days. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they launch a forty day war. Maybe and, and go. That was it. We're yeah. done. We we achieved our objectives. We took this land. We freed up these stra- strategic points. 
Um, that's I, it. I just hope egos can stay out of it and Russia can take hay. We didn't just fully dominate and get everything we wanted. And I hope Zelensky can take a a compromise that doesn't leave him the full winner. Well, one of the things that, I mean, this is one of these things about these um, sanctions that kind of calls into question all that is like, what when what are the conditions by which those sanctions will be lifted? Right. Is it is it a full complete withdrawal and like all territorial integrity returned or and like reparation like who knows like because I don't think Russia's ever going to agree to that. Nope. I don't or, think or is and, and it's not like the Russians didn't count on there being crazy sanctions. Right. Well, they had who uh, somebody told me it was like they have about a 12 month war chest where they could basically fund anything they want for about a year with no impact. Yeah. Other than the damage it does to the local economy at the expense of the civilians. Yeah. Um, which we're doing. We're we're participating in that for virtue. Like, I saw they, they are now not recruiting Russian hockey players for, for pro sports. Uh, and, like, there was, like, a Met Opera singer yeah. who got canceled. There was some... Simply for being Russian. I think it was, like, a Ru- uh, Montreal Symphony canceled some Russian... Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, that's actually one of... From from our perspective, things within our own domain, that's some of the grossest stuff. No, this is it makes me super mad because it's like again, as somebody who like respects history and understands that if we don't keep it abreast, we'll repeat it. To me, we're on a path that is no different than the Japanese internment camps. No, I, I get that we haven't gotten that far yet, but we're also not at war with. No, Russia. we're on a we're on that path. Yeah, we're a hundred percent. We're we're committing smaller scale, but the same aggressions. Same mentality. Yeah. yeah. And we're not even... There isn't even a moment of hesitation in it. No. Like, not once like, did somebody say, oh, like, maybe they don't stand with their government because their government is authoritarian. Yeah. Or, or and also, like, okay, like, so what if they do support Putin? Like, so what? What is, Like, them supporting them or not, first of all, a lot of these people have never said anything. Right, Putin. they just some stay neutral. Have, some of them have made anti-war uh, statements. But, yeah, w- what if they do support Putin? Like, them saying something doesn't stop anything. Right. It, it's just this silliness. Meanwhile, know? when we're in Middle Eastern conflict, there is no problem parsing out aggression versus civilian. And that's the right thing to do. Of course it is, yeah. Um, and furthermore, when we do cross that line, we give them $10 million. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's like, h- how know. is this one different? How is it that we can discriminate and we can be just garbage people and a garbage society, and then we can cheer it on? Well, I think I think one of the things you've seen is that it's been acceptable. It's been, it has been, like you were saying earlier, the main media and Democratic Party, but, like, really, that whole establishment narrative for the last six years has been anti-Russian. Well, probably eight years. Yeah. Has been anti-Russian. And so now, like, it's just, like, free reign. We're we're allowed to do this stuff because they are the bad guys, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we, again, I don't condone invading Ukraine, but, like, they have offered no perspective on some of the contributing reasons. Yeah, it, say, it's it's hard to watch some of these breakdowns, like geopolitical breakdowns, and of course that's you know that's where my information comes from is like some of these really good 
uh, YouTubers or, or journalists yep. who have broken down some of the longer standing, wider issues, not the personalities. Big fan of Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore's for the yeah. goodies. Wild and man. he does it with a spin. Oh, yeah. But he yeah, calls yeah, but it square. Yeah, yeah. No, he's good. Uh, I, too, I like, I like Indian media. Like, their corporate media in India. India is... I feel like they just don't have a horse in the race. So, when it comes to Western politics... They have less bias, They have sure. less bias drastically. So, one of the things I used to do... Um, I don't do this anymore, but I used to have, like, the Russia Today news app, the BBC news app, an Al Jazeera news app, and I did have Times of India, and I think Diwalt, which is, like, a German. I like Epoch, too, out of China. Epoch Times? Yeah. Um, so, well, I, you know, I would basically, like, I would read Russia today and even just perusing their headlines, see what they're talking about and kind of go, okay, you know, I, I can kind of see how they're forming a narrative and understand that it's bias yep. and then go to Al Jazeera and go to BBC. I would avoid American stuff cause that just gets into this silly American yeah. political stuff. But, um, honestly, even though, like, some people listening may not appreciate it, others will. There's some really great YouTubers out there. Oh, for sure. Like, we, and, like, they they put a lot of thought, and they're not giving you a five-minute soundbite. They're going through lots of research and putting it into, like, an hour-long video, if you want to watch it. And... They really don't have a dog in the fight. No, and you know? and you see people like again. I don't really much care for Michaela Peterson. Um, yeah. I think she's actually a pretty terrible interviewer. But you see her attempt to try and get room for people on both sides to discuss it, and and that's where it kind of stops with her. She doesn't offer a lot in her perspective, right? Fair um, enough. Or like you know even, even Joe it, Rogan, where you have the conversations that you you don't even need to be given a side. You can literally see both sides yeah. and make your own. And, you know, just to the one thing with Michaela Peterson, kind of the same thing with Joe Rogan is, you know, I'm not a big fan of Michaela Peterson either. I don't hate her or anything like that. It's just, she's not my cup of tea. But even though you and I are talking about things like as if we're an authority, we're certainly not. No. But, and if I were to be interviewing, say, somebody who did have some background knowledge and some industry expertise, I might have some, like, poignant questions, but I'm also not going to, like, pretend like I know better than them. I may I may have some interesting points to bring up, but I would want to listen to what they have to say. Right. You know, so, th- this is fun for you and I to go back and forth on. Yeah. Um, and, and we're both more abreast of what's going on than certainly your average citizen. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm no scholar in Russian or Ukrainian history, right? Yeah. Well, and see, and the other thing, like, talking about Michaela Peterson and the critique of that, like, the thing I think she fails on is, I think she leans into that a little too much, where she does respect that they are experts in their field from yeah. their bias, yeah. and she won't actually push them. It's because, like, if your bias is right, or your perspective is correct, it can be tested out, right? Yeah. Yeah, Where, and, and I think that's my biggest fault with her. Like Joe Rogan, he pushes he where he do can. The same thing sometimes. But like Michaela Peterson, you can you can set your watch to it. She does not push back. Okay, yeah, I don't listen to her. I enough, uh, I do. I'm a big Jordan fan, and she gets kind of lumped into it because she's his carry on. Sure. Yeah. The, the the times that I hear her when she's like 
introducing his podcast. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I, you know what, I, I listen to She does have some interesting guests. I have listened to some, surely because she brings on some people Actually, I really... yeah, I can't even remember who it was that I saw she had on recently, and I thought, oh, that was good. She's done... So far from what I've seen, she's actually done the best balanced one on the Russian-Ukraine thing. Yeah. She had a, a Russian government person, again, guaranteed to be biased. Yeah. And then she had a, a, a Ukrainian bi- like politician. Right. Um, both will say, have their talking points, but it's good to... Cons- she's done her best to try and balance it. Good, good for her. Which is a really difficult needle to thread in this time. And so many people are just not even willing. No. So... But we're at like almost an hour and a half, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to call this one a night. I think so. I think so. Uh, we're going to have to check in again. Yeah, and we're, we're definitely going to do the 9-11 one. Okay. I def- <laughs> that's going to be a fun one. But uh, I'm going to leave it there, so I hope you guys all have a great week. Uh, I have a feeling this might be a two-episode week. We won't know. Um, but you guys know the deal. Pay the fee. Uh, if you enjoyed our conversation, uh, just share it with a friend. If you've got somebody who is completely one-sided on the topic uh yeah pass it on and hopefully they can find some new ones uh until then everyone have a uh, good week and uh stay free